Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before God, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed, as before, all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this. Let it depart from the tents of your holy nation and stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance. May the service be presented into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. Before we begin to submerge into the depths of our inheritance to be able to learn who God is for us in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us the book of Luke 24:44 then Jesus said to his disciples this is what I told you while I was still with you everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses the prophets and the Psalms Everything that was written about Christ has been fulfilled. <clears throat> he said this to his disciples before he was taken to heaven and became unseen. What's incredible is that everything that needed to be fulfilled about Christ needed to also be fulfilled for his church because he's the head, so everything that's been fulfilled for Christ will be fulfilled for us also, so that we as the participants of the body of Christ would share with Christ the fulfillment of all that is written about him in Scripture. We continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth in the heart, what we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life as it is written you were taught with regard your, to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful lusts to be made new by the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness Ephesians 4 22 through 24 this place of scripture is what identifies our calling, our purpose. Only when we put off our former way of life, the old man, 
who grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts and we are drawn into these deceitful lusts and when we uh, renew our mind with the spirit of our mind then we will receive the opportunity to put off put on our new person and so that is when we become a light to the world specifically then will we be able to attract with our light people to Christ until this time we are not attracting people to Christ we think we are attracting them but to what Christ are we attracting them to if Christ is one then why are there so many different uh, confessions denominations every 10 days there's a new denomination that denies all other denominations what is this and each one preaches its own Christ but there's only one Christ and when people don't comprehend that this is their calling they will perish whatever they do pray do good works they do good works how they it comes from their flesh if a person has not put off their former way of life everything they do will come from their flesh and this will prompt God's wrath and this person will perish because of that millions of Christians are marching toward hell not understanding they bury people thinking they're going to heaven but they're going to hell and why because people have not put off of themselves their old person just reading they read a place of scripture and say we need to do this but how do we do it this is a formula but it doesn't say either above or below the place they'll read how to uh, complete this or other thing how to how to handle our old person how do we become free of him how do we renew our mind with the spirit of our mind and how do we then clothe our body into the new person this is our calling to clothe our body into the new person I will say again that when we receive salvation then at this time something new is born in our body and this is our spirit he is inherent to God in his origin but our soul and our body remain the same if our soul was a cult it remains a cult and you need to deliver it from a cultness a cult is when from outside devil has access to you through your thoughts uh, using your thoughts we think it's the Holy Spirit and in this state of infancy you don't tell the difference you can't tell the difference what is good what is bad where the Holy Spirit is speaking when he's not speaking where it's a false apostle speaking where there's a true apostle speaking we don't know the difference uh, the order that's required there's a democratic structure or a theocratic structure and so forth and as we know, don't know that difference, we need to pray that God give us a person that would be able to teach us this difference. <clears throat> because answers to these questions are not in one place of Scripture. They are within the first chapter of Genesis, and they finish. it finishes with the last chapter of Revelations. And you t- need to gather all of this from all, all of these places. And this is truly where God can help us. 
And this is a commandment, and it is the greatest commandment. If a person will not fulfill this commandment, he will not commandment he will not put off his former way of life, he won't be able to be saved. If our spirit will not save the soul and will not save the body that he lives in, he will perish. To fulfill this given commandment, we need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. And these are, when we're fulfilling these three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts, will determine, this will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath. If we will not understand the calling, we will transform ourselves into vessels of wrath. And regardless of what we do, how if we can give our body as a as a sacrifice, even a burnt offering, but if we don't understand our calling, we won't fulfill it. Or more specifically, will our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a seed? <clears throat> as salvation is not given in the form of fruit, when you say, I'm saved, how are you saved? You have received salvation in the form of a seed the seed of the word. And to be saved, you need to now grow the seed into fruit. That is when you will be saved. And so people who have received the seed of salvation, it is told to them, save your soul, build yourself into a spiritual house. We are not yet at this moment a spiritual house. We have not saved our soul. Our goal and to save our soul, we need to first put off our former way of life and only after that we can renew the aspect of our mind by which we can then use, we can use it then to save our body. And so the seed is the guarantee of our justification or the deposit of our justification. Uh, deposit or guarantee is something you put in you, and you don't, you don't yet own, say, the house or the car. When you pay the entire amount owed for it, then does it become your own? You become owner of it. Salvation is the same way. It's given to us in a form of a seed, in the form of a guarantee. And if we, in these three mentioned acts, will not turn this seed to profit in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the seed bear fruit, it needs to first die. And with this seed, it's not just the seed that dies, but we together with that seed, we receive it and we become then that seed also. And it is necessary for us now to turn it so that it can profit us, die in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, so you can uh, obtain into your essence the seed in the format of the fruit already. Otherwise, we will lose the justification that is given to us in the format of a guarantee forever. This is why then our names then will uh, that when we made a covenant of blood and covenant of salt and peace with God in the baptism of water, Holy Spirit and fire were written into the book of life, our names will then be forever be blotted out of the book of life. In a specific format, we already looked at the process contained in the first two requirements and stopped to study the process of the third requirement and specifically what conditions we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind, we can begin the process of clothing ourselves into the power of the glory of our new person that is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and holy truth. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, where the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom and authority that He alone has, reveals the demands according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God El Elyon, or God Most High. 
in this psalm, David turns to God and calls him El Elyon. In, uh, in when we translate this, this is God Most High, El Elyon. And this condition consists in this, that in our tight situation we will be in, putting off our old man, we can call upon the Most High as to our God and proclaim the faith of our hearts, stating who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to God in Jesus Christ, and what do we need to do so that we can inherit, what conditions do we need to fulfill to inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Because everything that God has done for us, He has placed it into a covenant that He has made with us. In this covenant, God has a role, we have a role. And until a person fulfills his his part, his role, God can't fulfill his role. He won't have the basis. We need to full, first fulfill our role. We need to cast off of ourselves our old person, renew our mind, and then begin the process of clothing ourselves into our new person. When we do this, then God will have the legitimate basis the ability to do his part and at the time that he appoints that he decides he will then clothe our body into incorruption but until this time we will be counting ourselves dead to sin living for God and proclaim the non-existent stronghold of incorruption in our body as existent we note that the given allegory in the 18th Psalm of David is one of the most powerful and voluminous examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David with the name of God Most High and their violent conflict with our carnal mind in the form of King Saul and with governing sin as our old person with his deeds. The psalm begins this way. Uh, David wrote it when God delivered him from all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. It is by the means of the collaboration of our faith with the faith of God, consisting of who God is to us in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, who we are to Him, and what we need to do to inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ, so that God can receive the proper basis that He needs to join the battle for our earthly body, so He can shame the governing within our body sin, which is the old person with His deeds, with the crushing power of His redemption, and with noise forever thrust Him out into hell from our body. We have noted that in its character, the prayer psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of our legitimate prayer, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets. If a person is not clothed into the rank of a king, a priest, and a prophet, then this sermon will not be he won't understand it, it won't inspire him, it won't be put into his heart, it won't be put into his mind, because the heart is not cleansed from dead works. He will always be looking for contradictions, he will always be, he will have rebellion inside. First part identifies the state of the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of his prayer belonging to kings, priests, and prophets. The second part opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself, which belongs to kings, priests, and prophets, which gives God the proper basis to deliver us in the form of David from the hands of all of our enemies. In this psalm, we are studying the new person as David. Our mind, our carnal mind, that is not yet renewed, is uh, King Saul. He also is anointed by God 
you say God anoints the carnal mind of man and you say, well, why does he do this? Why, why would he anoint him? How then will you work with your body in order to be able to work with your body, to be able to serve God? Everything uh, is filtered through the mind. And so God anoints the mind, although he is carnal, and then he will remove uh, that uh that uh, function of the old uh, of the carnal mind and the Holy Spirit will take authority or control. In a specific format, we already looked at the first part and stopped to look at the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. And so this prayer, the consistency of this prayer will allow us to put off our old person and renew our mind and begin the process of then clothing ourselves into our new person. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David in the eight names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so that he can be saved from his enemies. And God getting to know and confessing the truth that opens up the power of his names within the heart of David provided God with the legitimate basis to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names to battle against the enemies of David. God can't use the abilities and capabilities of his names if we don't understand the meaning of these names. What What is contained in these names? How do we collaborate with them? I love you, Lord, my strength. He says and he calls God his strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Psalm 18, 1-4 And as we continue to study these eight names, we will always have the ability, not individually alone at home but all of us together united to proclaim who God is to us in Jesus Christ what he has done for us and who we are to him and this is all in these eight names and so let us together proclaim who God is to us Lord you are my strength Lord you are my rock Lord you are my fortress Lord you are my deliverer Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord confirm this, this confession, and make it strong and immovable within you. And may he use it in the time he decides to deliver us from the fear of death and clothe our body into his resurrection in a specific format as much as the lord has allowed and according to the measure of our faith we already studied our inherited lot in christ jesus in the power of five names of god these are strength rock fortress deliverer and living rock and we stopped to study our unsearchable inherited lot in christ jesus contained in the name of god living shield Considering that the given nature of prayer, where David confesses his inherited lot in the eight names of God Most High, identifies the covenant that is made between God and man. There are 50 names total. 
but David confesses only eight names. There are places of scripture where he proclaims he confesses ten names. But here, he only confesses these eight names. And all of these eight names are literally dissolved within these 50. And they are found within these these names because they all belong to the covenant. In the eighth day, they circumcised the child and gave him a name. And this was the eternal covenant upon his body. And today, of course, this is the baptism of water. And today, this is the circumcision of the heart as it was then. And so getting to know the eight names of God, which identify God's covenant with us, is a strategic teaching, which is purposed to be the calling of every warrior in prayer, ones that have the virtue of kings, priests, and prophets who are anointed to rule over their earthly body. If a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to govern over his calling, which is his mortal body, in the status of king, a priest, and a prophet, so that he can change it into the virtue of a heavenly body, then this revelation that is purpose for worshiping God in prayer will not benefit him in any way. And even worshiping, a person won't be able to worship in spirit and in truth until he casts off the old man and he does not renew his mind. He will not be worshipping at this time in spirit and in truth. He is worshipping as Hagar in the wilderness as a servant, as a slave, as it were, but not as a king and a priest. He thinks he comes before God's face, but he's not coming before God's face. He thinks that because he speaks in tongues, he comes before God's face. No. A person comes before God's face and is able to when he casts off his old man. He renews his mind. And that is then by the means of a renewed mind, when he is collaborating this renewed mind with his spirit, only then can he enter into God's presence, because at this time, then he becomes a king over his body. He becomes a median, a a middleman, an intercessor. He can present his prayer according to scripture, and he can at this time hear God's voice in himself, and God will hear his voice. The name of God and the virtue of our living shield is presented in Scripture as a living protection that is elevated in Scripture for warriors in prayer as their military armor or weaponry. The purpose of such a shield is called by God to block us and protect us as warriors in prayer who battle for the interests of the will of God. Therefore, the name of God in the form of our living shield consists in standing between us and our enemies and in this way, take upon himself the strikes or the hits of the perverse, vile curse that is passed on to us by the corrupt seed of the sinful life of our fathers in the flesh, and to give God the legitimate foundation to stand at our right side as well as between us and our enemies, so that in the one and other situation he can take upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies, it is necessary for us to collaborate our faith with the name of God as our living shield. I'm bringing forth this place of scripture where we clearly see how God stands between his nation and the enemies of his nation. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them and the pillar and behind them. Why? Because the army of Egypt, Egypt were pursuing them from behind. And when God saw this, 
uh, the enemy pursuing his nation because he was ahead of them, showing them the way, he then moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other all that night. Exodus 14, 19, 20. In the given circumstances, when the Egypt of our soul tries to return us or take us back to slavery, <clears throat> because he will try, because governing sin that lives within the body, he he is trying to take hold of that position that's been taken from him, take it back, and he will try to take us back to slavery. Then our new person collaborating with the name of God's shield <clears throat> will hear the noise of the pursuing enemy who is targeting him, the one from whom he was initially delivered. It happens that the fatal hit or blow that is directed against our liberty from sin falls upon Christ at this moment, who will be taken from the earth and will be nailed to the cross. Yes, He already did that, but this is what happens. Our sin falls upon Christ when we collaborate with the name of God's shield. I have become a stranger to my brothers and an alien to my mother's children because zeal for your house has eaten me up. And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. And so the house is us together, and the zeal for 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 his house eats him up. And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me, because they reproach when they reproach the nation of God, he they reproach the heavenly Father. The scriptures say, those who try to come against you come against me. And in this way, when they uh, speak vile against you, speak evil against you, they reproach you. The son stands and takes this upon himself, this uh, the sins of sin of the nation, so that he can take it from the uh, deliver it from the wrath of God. <clears throat> Therefore, the quality and lexicon in identifying the name of God's shield, as with the previous names of God Most High, is not able to be found in any dictionary of the world. So, to be our living shield so that he can take upon himself the hits of the vile curse that pursues us by the sinful seed of our fathers, this is to protect and block us from the wrath of God, protect and block us from the deception of the evil one, protect and block us from the evil and slanderous tongue. All carnal people have this slanderous, evil, slanderous tongue. Whether we want it or not, we were born with it. We all have this inside. We just are bound to this. And as soon as we cast off our person, old man, uh, then are we able to become free of, of jealousy inside and also ac uh, accusation, accusing those whom we are jealous of protect and block us from the curse of all nature of illness, protect and block us from the curse of poverty, protect and block us from the curse of untimely or early death, and protect us from the sinful life that was passed on to us from our fathers. 
Looking at this list, which contains such intervention from all nature of existing enemy, the Holy Spirit, in the given prayer psalm of David, in the meaning of the name of God's shield, has concealed the inherited lot of the Son of God, in whom and by whom every person collaborating their faith with the faith of God, in the name of God's shield, was called to be protected from their enemies and also receive the victorious ability <clears throat> to keep and increase the profit received from the turned to profit silver of salvation in the death of the Lord Jesus, which consists in the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ and is a component of the promise of imperishable food. <clears throat> we talked about this, that all of God's armor that protects us, it's not created just for for uh, <clears throat> for protecting us for for uh, defending ourselves <clears throat> but you can also use it to attack your enemy when you when he comes near you can you can uh, deliver a blow and because this is a shield in our in our own mouth and the ancient uh, soldiers, warriors, their shield was created in such a way that if they uh, struck the enemy with their shield, he was either he would either die or he would be uh, harmed, severely harmed. And so it is a way of defending yourself and also uh, <clears throat> attacking the enemy as well. There are a lot of things that are belonging to us but are in the hands of the enemy. If we are supposed to take all of Jericho and we're sitting inside of it, we need to attack. We need to take the enemy out of the boundaries, borders of our inheritance. And so this shield gives us the ability to keep and increase the profit that is received from the silver that is turned to profit. Considering such a necessary tandem or such a union of God and man, it becomes vital for us to determine in each aspect of our essence the role of God and the role of man. And for this purpose, as with the previous names of God called to be the lot of our salvation, it is necessary for us to study four classical questions which will help us get to know the essence of our inheritance in the name of God's shield so that we can provide God with the legitimate grounds or foundation to use His name in battle for the adoption of our body. According to Scripture, what are the identifications and qualities of the name of God in the purpose of His glorious name, shield? What purpose being in the role of our protector did God allocate for Himself and what role has He placed upon us? What conditions do we need to fulfill to provide God with the proper foundation that He needs to allow us to fulfill our role, allow us to enter the or take part in the unsearchable inheritance of His name? And fourth uh, question, by what sign do we examine ourselves as to whether we are truly collaborating our faith with the faith of God in the virtue of His name, shield? And not some kind of falsified version or counterfeit version of it. Considering this, we need to not forget that all of the acts of God relating to His protection are called to happen by collaborating our faith with the faith of God, where we see the role of God and the role of man clearly identified and outlined. And until we fulfill our role, God will not have any legitimate basis or ability to fulfill His role. 
Not having clear and exhaustive responses to these questions, which we are able to receive exclusively by being instructed in faith, we will not have any opportunity to turn our silver so that we can profit the virtue of the guarantee of salvation that we have so that we can obtain our salvation as something that we own or we become it becomes our possession and the fruit of our spirit. And this is the instruction of faith. Uh, uh, presenter given by one whom God has placed and not someone who's been elected by a democratic form of vote. Through this person, God can't give us anything, someone who's voted for. He will be just reading slogans, but he will not be able to show you or tell you how to do what. You could say, he could say, you can worship, you need to worship God in spirit and in truth, but he won't explain how to and who can. What you need to do to worship, he will not explain these things. He won't be able to. He won't have that knowledge or revelation from God to explain it. And this means that without a strict and voluntary obedience to the preached word spoken by the person who possesses the authority of a father of God and his helpers that are in the same spirit with him, we will not have any opportunity to receive profit in the form of the fruit of righteousness from the seed of guarantee that we have turned to profit or that we have invested. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen to the glory of God through us. 2 Corinthians 1.20 Apostle Paul says that not a single promise is able to be received without the apostles without the apostles. It's, you are not able to receive. If a person does not have the rank of an apostle, a promise becomes a reality through apostles. And you say, uh, do they truly exist today? Yes, they do. Uh, people mostly vote or choose someone in in a democratic way, and having elected them, you don't see the apostle. You call them heretics because they tell you what is not acceptable as one would think in their mind, the true apostles. False apostles say, well, you do have your own opinion, you should have your own way of thought. A true apostle says, you don't have your own opinion in this case, your head is Christ, who explains it. and. The one who represents him can present only one thought, the, the one thought, and our head is not given to understand the scriptures. Our head is given so that we can, in this physical world, uh, coexist. So we can understand God and communicate with God. We need our heart, not the muscle, but our spirit, our new person. If studying our inherited lot in the virtue of the name of God's shield, we will be studying its power as something separate from the confession of the faith of God that is concealed within our heart, then we will not end up with the protection of God, but instead with our own personal doom, because God in all of His powerful and unchanging names can be the lot of our inheritance exclusively in the situation when the lot becomes the component of the confession of the faith of God that is concealed within our good heart. When we understand this lot, we have put it into our heart and we confess it with our mouth. And before we receive the right to the power to confess our inherited lot that is contained in the name of God's shield as the component of the faith of our heart, <clears throat> it is necessary to pay the price for the right to be a student of Christ whose heart is able to receive the seed of the planted word and grow it so that it can demonstrate its power in the fruit of righteousness that is manifested in justice. 
And it, we will remember that only that person that thirsts to hear the word of God drills into this word, lives by this word, abides in this word, and this word abides in him, in his heart, in his lips, upon his lips, in his mind, is able to stand to ba- in battle against the ancient serpent and escape the deceptive nets of the evil one so that he can inherit the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ. Because only those people whose body will be adopted will be raptured. This will be the sign, testimony of the fact that they will be raptured. When you receive the promise about the adoption of your body, you receive testimony that you will be raptured because you have already accepted it and you proclaim the non-existence of uh, non-existent stronghold of incorruption as existent. Therefore, without our collaboration with the power contained in the name of God living shield, representing the faith of our heart, we will not be able to please God. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hebrews 11.6 Faith is not emotions, but faith teaching. People think faith is is some kind of emotion. I I felt something, I believed, I, I feel it. Faith, the faith of God is information that comes from the preached word. That is what is written. Faith is from hearing the word. And as it is from hearing, that means faith is information. And so without a faith teaching that we would be able to learn and follow, we will not be able to please God. In a specific format, we already looked at the first two questions and we'll immediately pay attention to and study question three. What conditions do we need to fulfill to provide God with the proper foundation that He needs to allow us to enter into the unsearchable inheritance of His name, the virtue of a living shield of our faith? Two of the components of the qu- of the question have already been subjects of our study, and we stopped to study the third component of the price. I shall remind us of the first two. First component of the price giving us power to the right to be partakers Uh, of the imperishable and unsearchable inheritance of Christ and God that is contained in the power that is in the name of God's shield consists in fulfilling the condition giving us the ability to worship the Heavenly Father in spirit and in truth. God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. John 4, 24, 23. God is still searching for worshipers until He finds a sufficient number of them. Second component of the price giving us the power to the right to partake of the imperishable and unsearchable inheritance of Christ and God contained in the power of the name of God's shield consists in the condition to accept the Gadites who come to us to the wilderness to present for us the power of the name of God in the virtue of our living shield. Some Gadites joined David as at the stronghold in the wilderness, mighty men of valor, men trained for battle, who could handle shield and spear, whose faces were like the faces of lions and were as swift as gazelles on the mountains. First Chronicles 12.8 It talks about who came to David in the wilderness and they came there to make David king. God anointed him, but they needed to make him king over themselves crown him as king over themselves. God anointed our spirit, but we need to crown our spirit over ourselves. 
And so I won't uh, look at this further as we've looked at it. And of course, this is all symbolic. And we studied the divine first promises in these symbols. Third component of the price, giving us the power to the right to partake of the imperishable and unsearchable inheritance of Christ and God contained in the power of the name of God's shield, taking the hits that are directed at us on himself, consists in obtaining an upright, righteous heart before God. Psalm 7.10, my defense is of God who saves the upright in heart. My defense is in God as defense in the form of a shield who saves the upright in heart. Relevant to this, we needed to answer the question, by what criteria do we determine the righteousness of our heart? Because according to the above, to take part in the unsearchable inheritance of Christ and God, contained in the power of the name of God's shield, is possible only in one way, and this is by the righteousness of our heart, or by the means of the righteousness of the faith of our heart. If we don't have a righteous heart, then we are not able to uh, utilize the living shield. It's given for the righteous, not for those who... <clears throat> receive justification in the form of a seed, but those who have grown the seed into the fr- into the fruit, and have received salvation, receive salvation as a possession. Until this time, a person is an infant and <clears throat> is not able to use this living shield. The first component of the price by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves consists in a joyously burning light. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. Proverbs 13.9 And so if the lamp uh, dims or is dimming, that means he's dying for God. And this, the reason for that is because there's no oil in the vessel of the heart. What is oil? It is the truth and the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth. This is not separately the Holy Spirit or separately the truth. This is the the truth that is anointed by the Holy Spirit, this is that truth that we receive but don't understand. Because if we understood it, we would immediately accept it, receive it into our lamp and it would be burning. But into your vessel, you put the word that the person of God will say, you don't understand it, but you accept it. And then it is within the vessel of our heart or the 12 uh, breads upon the table of showbreads. This is God's food. Moses told the nation of Israel when he wrote the five books, he said, what is concealed belongs to the Lord our God, and what is uh, revealed and, and, and understood is for us. There's a lot in Scripture for the Lord, and some for the nation of Israel because they they didn't understand much in the law. And Moses said, don't don't uh, be disappointed that you don't understand because what is hidden, concealed, belongs to the Lord our God. And when the person of God will speak, he will say such things that need to belong to the Lord our God. When we take this word and put it into our heart and we say, Lord, although I don't understand it, I still accept it. Some people become... become begin to complain and and they say well I don't understand people who listen to us they don't have the ability in some other places to come to someone and say I don't understand you know what they do we had one of our pastors he said we don't understand people uh, people come to me and tell me they don't understand either and I didn't understand it and I tell them 
wait, let's wait two or three more churches and our pastor will explain it and and they uh, and the answer will be given and it's truly so within a few churches that response will be given it's clarified a few services will pass and the questions uh, are are their answers to these questions and it becomes understood it becomes clear if you want to have oil in your vessel or uh, breads upon your table uh, in the temple of your body accept the word that you don't understand but what you do understand accept and use uh, because what you don't understand you can't yet use you accept it and you keep it inside in your heart as when Jesus spoke many things the disciples didn't understand and his mother also didn't understand, but the scripture says that she put everything away in her heart. Her son didn't, she didn't understand what her son was saying, but she put everything into her heart that she didn't understand. The second component of the price by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart within ourselves, providing God the legitimate grounds in the form of his name shield to take the hits that are directed at us by our enemies upon himself will make itself known in the ability to wait for the coming of Christ from heaven, which is linked to the patience of Christ. If we are here identifying a righteous heart, if we have a righteous heart, then the righteous heart can have God's shield. A righteous heart is determined by, not because he worships in spirit and in truth, or that he accepts the Gadites that come to him to protect him in the wilderness, but he also waits for Christ to come from heaven. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Although they had many afflictions, they received the word with joy, the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achai, who believe, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achai, but also in every place. Your Father toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything, for they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you, and how you turn to God from idols and serve the living and true God. And so, service to the living and true God that does not have a reverent waiting for the Son of God from heaven, whom God resurrected from the dead, speaks of the absence of a righteous heart within man, and consequently, the format of his service to God, where he does not have a reverent waiting for the Son of God from heaven, cannot provide God the legitimate grounds to deliver us from the coming wrath. When a person waits for the coming of the Son of God from heaven, he studies uh, what he needs to do to meet him, to greet him, uh, with boldness and not be ashamed. He's always meditating about this. He's often lifting his head to heaven and he lays on the ground and how the heavens are because specifically in the heavens you will see then the Lord return. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now once at the end of the ages he has appeared to put a, appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, and as it appointed 
And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many, to those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time, apart from sin, for salvation. Hebrews 9, 26-28. It's as you wait, for example, for a guest. You don't know when he's going to drive up, you don't know exactly the time, but you know that he's going to come. He can drive up either in 10 minutes or maybe toward the evening time or late at night. And so you don't know exactly when, but you're always within the the state of waiting. And if it's a bride, then she also is always going to the mirror and uh, checking herself to see everything is in place in herself and on herself. That is the kind of thing we need to also have. Waiting for Christ from heaven is a such is such a nature and such a format of patience that has within its base hope and trust upon the Word of God and demonstrates the quality of the collaboration of our faith with the faith of God. Specifically, this is the quality of our faith with the faith of God. At the same time, an absence of waiting for Christ from heaven within the heart of a man speaks of a rejection of the patience of Christ, and consequently also then a rejection of his faith and good conscience, because the patience of Christ, in essence, is an anchor for the ship of our faith, called to keep the ship of our faith from the stirred-up waves of unbelief and resistance of the word of truth, when the thoughts are attacking us and people tell you, do you still believe this? Do you really think you're in the right place? <clears throat> Having faith in a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. First Timothy 1.19 We need to note that a shipwreck in faith, a shipwreck of our faith, is a voluntary and mutual collaboration of our conscience with the enemies of our faith as, <clears throat> as a someone who is hasty at the same time victory over the enemy within our faith and our conscience is the voluntary and mutual collaboration of our faith with the faith of God for this reason we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1, 9-14 Abiding in all patience, which has exceeding joy, waiting for the fulfillment of the promise that has been given to us. And so, again, this is waiting for Christ from heaven, is the strength of all, is a strengthening of us because of God's glory and our ability to get to know God and the essence of our partaking of the inheritance in the light is to be delivered from darkness and the inherited uh, sin that is passed on to us from our fathers in the flesh or casting off of our old man with his deeds so that we can give the Holy Spirit the proper basis to lead us into the kingdom of his son 
of God's Son, where we have redemption because of His blood and forgiveness of sin. If we have a goal to wait for the appearance of the Lord from the air and we from the sky, and we don't do this because of our hard heart, then this means that we have a collaboration with our enemies. And as waiting is linked to patience, we have we need to look at hastiness, which is our enemy, and it is linked to ignorance. Many people pray, if you don't give this to me today, I don't need it tomorrow. And they preach, they teach people, I told God, if you don't heal my finger today, I don't need it tomorrow. Then you are not God. That heals. And and these people say from the stage, well, I forced him into a fifth corner and he, re- he was required to heal my finger. And the nation is clapping, the people are clapping, and I was, I never understood why they're clapping. This person is mocking the truth. God healed his finger, he says, because he, sa- he gave God an ultimatum. And so here, the patience of Christ, and as we've noted more than once, ignorance is linked to impatience. And this is not just not having knowledge of the truth, or being guiltless, this is a a sober refusal to know the truth and choosing your own opinion or thoughts. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priest to me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I also will forget your children. Hosea 4.6 First of all, an insufficiency of knowledge is the result of refusal uh, refusing to receive this knowledge ap- according to to God's requirements. And this is us refusing to rely upon the mind of Christ and choosing our mind instead. First, impatience that is linked to ignorance is nothing more than the demon- demonstrative resistance of the flesh. Second, impatience demonstrated in hastiness speaks of us fulfilling the command of God early, that is, before the established by God time. Third, impatience that is linked to ignorance tells us that we are trying to fulfill the command of God out of the boundaries that are determined and defined for us by God. Fourth, impatience that is linked to ignorance tells us that we are trying to fulfill the command of God using means that are forbidden by God. Fifth, impatience that is linked to ignorance as a demonstration of the flesh is always inspired by professionals of a special purpose from under heaven in the form of religious spirits of deception. And they use false prophets and teachers. Sixth, impatience is an underwater rock of personal opinion and personal significance against which all ships of faith crash that are traveling toward harbors that are known as anticipating Jesus Christ from heaven. Impatience is a visible unacceptance of the authority of God over times and time spans and the attempt to usurp the authority of God for the benefit of personal corrupt desires. And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. Acts 1.7 And so he said times, uh, the signs of the times, but a person wants to know the year, the month, the day. We live within time, but God doesn't do this. He 
shows signs and to understand these signs of the times you need to desire to see the Lord from heaven come from heaven only when a person meditates about the truth that he thirsts for then the Holy Spirit begins to reveal it when Peter saw the vision he was thinking what does this mean and as he was thinking about it the Holy Spirit spoke to him gave him understanding he didn't understand the vision he saw he says take and eat of of these other animals that he showed him things that that were considered unclean and and God said eat I I cleansed it and and Peter said I never put anything in my mouth that was unclean and the cloud went up into heaven and the Lord presented such a feast for him and he he told the Lord Lord I can't this is unclean and the Lord responded what the Lord has cleaned don't consider unclean and so the cloud went to heaven and he was thinking about what this meant and as he was thinking about this the Holy Spirit appeared and he said there are three men outside of your door go and go with them he needed to understand that the Lord cleanses the Gentiles as he does the Jews and they need to be considered clean as well and so the prompting factor of all of our hasty acts as a specific false is a specific false revelation or a specific circumstance or desire the wellspring of which is always the uncrucified flesh supported by the work of the unclean spirit presenting himself as the Holy Spirit the unclean spirit being a creation and not the creator yearns to present himself as God and take God's place within our heart inspiring us to fulfill the will of God using the means of our carnal mind and not within the time frame that God has required Accepting such a revelation as truth, we unwillingly place ourselves in dependence of a demonic wellspring and prompt God's wrath against us, which is why then we experience shipwreck in our faith. And this is not all. We experience shipwreck in our faith also when, due to our ignorance, we do not uh, we do not uh, understand the dangers that our enemies may have. The component of patience and the component of impatience is a course that is amongst great waters and uh, ways of information. And as captains that lead their ship of their faith, we need to choose the course of the faith of God for our ship so that we not clash against these underwater rocks. And so the place where we need to end up is a quiet harbor. But if we are hasty, <clears throat> then this is the concealed from our vision underwater rock that our ship will then clash against. We need to keep in mind that we are called to wait for the appearance of Christ from heaven, not for the cleansing of our sins, but for salvation. Because for to wait and greet Christ and not be ashamed before Him at His coming, we need to be cleansed from the inclusion of all nature of impatience that is linked to our ignorance within us. 
considering that ignorance that is within our impatience testifies of the fact that we have an absence of the formative justification that uh, the patience of Christ has, the weapon that eliminates the works of the flesh is the patience of Christ. And as we've already concluded, these two uh, different courses are the choice of man. And so the righteous heart that waits for Christ to come from heaven, that has the patience of Christ, it, its base or its foundation is in the revelations and the oath promises of God. And so we make the decision uh, which course again we will follow and which choice we will make, that characteristic and quality will become our character and independence of our choice or our selection. We, we will either experience a shipwreck or we will be safe. I grew up in a place where due to ignorance I experienced difficulties uh, and people due to their ignorance uh, people prayed in ways where Lord give me patience to overcome the difficulties of my husband, wife, my friends patience is not sold in specific packages and is not simply something you ask for patience is information that is in the seed of the word we receive it in the form of a seed and we need to grow it into the fruit of patience because not God or the devil is responsible for the thoughts that we choose to accept and the words we choose to say. We ourselves are responsible for that. That is why we need to understand well and not forget that the thoughts that we accept and we develop within us and then speak in words, they have a miraculous and great power to uh, transform us into its character, that image that is uh, in those thoughts and words. And so to differentiate the seed of the word of patience from the seed of the word of impatience, we need God's wisdom. And so according to scripture, we need to ask uh, ask God to enlighten us, to give us the ability to see the difference between the uh, patience of man and the patience of, uh, of God. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. James 1.5 You can pray, Lord, give me the, different, the ability to differentiate the fruit of patience and what is of the flesh. And so, when a person, understanding, uh, uh, we're seeing the difference between a person's patience and Christ's patience, and he chooses, rather, his own way and his own flesh, he will suffer shipwreck. Your wisdom and your knowledge have warped you, and you have said in your heart, I am, I am, and there is no one else besides me. Isaiah 47, 10, first component of the patience of Christ, by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with a legitimate ground to form uh, in the form of our living shield, to take the hits directed at us by our enemies upon himself, will make itself known in the fruit of our spirit, grown from the seed of love for God, demonstrated in obedience to the commandment of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, Galatians 5.22. 
here are components, we see here long-suffering. This component of long-suffering is the result of love because love is, is long-suffering. We sing this in our songs also. We can't for ourselves be long-suffering until we have the love of God agape, until we uh, we finally uh, obtain it. It's not just given separately in a package. It is grown. And love then produces joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. These Love bears these things. A person that possesses the patience of Christ is a person that is obedient to all authority in accordance to Scripture. At the same time, an impatient person is a person that does not have love for God or does not acknowledge uh, authority and does not obey all authority within the boundaries of the commandments of the Lord. If you love me, keep my commandments, John 14, 15. Here we're talking about how to determine that I love God and love His Word, love my brothers. If you love me, keep my commandments. And if we keep His commandments, then we have love for God. We have the fruit of the Spirit. We have also the patience of Christ. Second component of the patience of Christ by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with the legitimate grounds in the form of our living shield to take the hits directed at us by our enemies upon Himself, will make itself known in knowledge and the ability to be in the right place and the right time. You go up to this feast, Jesus says to his disciples, I I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come, John 7, 8. Further, it said, at the time of the feast, during the time of the feast, then Jesus appeared. He didn't come at the start of the feast. He came either at pretty much midway while the feast was going, and so he said, when you go and I, my time yet has not yet come, a person who has grown in the good soil of his heart, the fruit of the patience of Christ, is a person that is able to differentiate how he needs to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, and this upon practice means to be in the right place in the right time. Because being in the right place in the right time is actually worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. Because to worship to worship the Father in, in spirit and in truth can only happen in the right place in the right time. When you come to the service, this is the right place. And the service always has a specific time. And that is the moment of this is one of the component of the of components of worshiping in spirit and in truth. But you, you can ask, can I worship at home in spirit and in truth? Yes. If you are a partaker of a church that is a good wife, that has is the narrow gate, then you at home, you're a partaker of this wife, you can worship at home in spirit and in truth. But if you are belonging to a church where there's a democratic form of service and you have uh, elected this leader that you have by voting uh, who deceives you, then of course nothing will work. You will not understand not the time or place. And so an impatient person is not able to understand what is the right place or the right time. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, Ecclesiastes 3.1. 
You may not sacrifice the Passover within any of your gates which the Lord your God gives you, but at the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. There you shall sacrifice the Passover at twilight. Again, where the Lord decides and the time he decides, at the at the time of sunset, at the time and you shall sacrifice the Passover at twilight. And so worshiping in spirit and in truth is linked to time and place. A righteous heart, it has this. And when all go, but you may uh, resist and not go. Third component of the patience of Christ by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with legitimate grounds in the form of our living shield to take the hits directed at us by our enemies upon himself, will protect us within the boundaries of the measure of our faith. The end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. And so the proud in spirit, he he starts a work and he's already priding himself the patient, until he finishes, he won't uh, be proud of it. The proud themselves, they are, and so the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. A patient person is one that is not proud, the one that finishes the work, and he finishes his work because he is within the boundaries of the measure of his faith. An impatient person is a person who is prideful, one that does not understand the true measure of his faith, and he is not able then to complete the work that God has given him to do. Another said to him, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke 9, uh, 61-62. You can't you can't go and bid farewell to your to those in your house. If you want to follow me, then forget that you didn't finish something, that you didn't... If You need to die for everything if you want to follow me. In other words, fourth component of the patience of Christ, by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with a legitimate ground in the form of our living shield to take the hits directed at us by our enemies upon himself will make itself known in the ability to rule over yourself. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Proverbs 16.32 A person can be mighty, a person can take a city but does not have the ability to rule over himself, does not have this long-suffering. And so here the scriptures show in, in this Proverbs 16.32 where the Lord, how the Lord values long-suffering. <clears throat> and it is better to him than a... Uh, and so you can see this sometimes with sportsmen. They use their body. They sometimes exercise 16 di- d- uh, hours a day he refuses to marry or she refuses to marry because it is uh, literally a loss of their energy so they want to commit everything and they take control of their body their body is obedient they don't do 
anything they shouldn't be doing. They have a very strict diet. They have a strict uh, time of sleeping. They have a, a strict uh, regiment. They have a strict uh, schedule, but they don't have the patience of Christ. So you can take hold of your city. You can take hold of your body, control your body. But if you don't have the patience of Christ, you will still perish. And so to take control of yourself means to control your tongue or to possess a gentle mouth, which means to discipline your mouth with the truth that is in your heart. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 15.4 To rule over yourself is to not allow someone else or something else to control us or accept for us or make for us any kind of decisions. Sometimes in marriage, sometimes this is beneficial for one who is a controller. The one who is a controller takes upon himself responsibility and the other doesn't need to then. And that person submits to the control of the other and this is first to keep their marriage because if a person is not obedient to the one controlling, then things will not work. As one brother uh, came to me and said, I can't stay in this church because the wife said, until you're in if you don't leave this church, you won't be able to be intimate with me anymore. And so he said, I love you, but I'm leaving to the charismatic church. A wife can put a, per- a husband or a husband can put a wife in such a, a position or place. We, don't, we need to not allow someone else to control us when it comes to worshiping God or make decisions for us. <clears throat> and so hastiness is the inability to rule uh, over yourself. And this is the refusal to uh, have your own sovereign rights. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to, to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Romans 6, 16 through 19. A person who is not able to rule over himself or who has not grown in the good soil of his heart, the fruit of the patience of Christ, is a person who has left the straight path and has gotten lost and follows Balaam, who they have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. But he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. There are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever for when they speak great swelling words of emptiness they allure through the lusts of the flesh through lewdness the ones who have actually escaped from from those who live in error while they promise them liberty they themselves are slaves of corruption for by whom a person is overcome by him also he is brought into bondage for if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ they are again entangled in them and overcome the latter end is worse for them than the beginning for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn it from the holy commandment delivered to them 2 Peter 2 15 through 22 
fifth component of the patience of Christ by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with legitimate grounds in the form of our living shield to take the hits directed at us by our enemies upon himself, will make itself known in the ability to allay contentions. A wrathful man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger allays contentions. Proverbs 15.18 You see what patience does. He is the one that allays contentions, but a wrathful man stirs up strife. Proverbs 15.18 <clears throat> And so a person who possesses the patience of Christ is a person who possesses wisdom and the ability to allay contentions. Contentions are fire. When you pour water upon fire, it, it's silenced. The patience of Christ is as water upon fire. When there's a conflict, when there's anger, someone says one thing, someone else says something else, and they are just burning. It's, it's a fire. It's, the flames are, 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 are strong. At the same time, an impatient person is a person who is always... Uh, in strife or, or is a wrathful person. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, Matthew 5, 9. And so a patient, the patience of Christ is to perform peace. This is the ability to avoid conflict. And this is the knowledge and ability to know in what way, in, in what situations to be a helper and when to be the, the, the head. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man and the Lord. For as woman came from man, even so man also comes uh, through woman. But all things are from God. Judge among yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But if anyone seems to be contentious, he... We have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. I won't talk about the covering right now, but our covering, as we know, is acknowledging the authority of God over ourselves. If I acknowledge the authority of my husband, then this is, of course, my covering. This is the covering. I can cut my hair shorter or longer, or I could put a covering on my head if I want to or, or not. You can cover your head, and as one woman told me, my husband walks one line. Usually these religious people, these people are very controlling, and you won't find a more severe control than this religious control when a person doesn't understand the Word of God but thinks for themselves that this is how it needs to be, and if it's not this way, then there's, they, will, they refuse to have any conversation of it. 1 Corinthians 11, 11 through 16. Sixth component of the patience of Christ by which we can determine the presence of righteous of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with legitimate grounds in the form of a living shield to take the hits directed at us by our enemies upon himself, will show itself in the ability to wait and receive what is promised from God. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Hebrews 10.36 Where it says you need endurance, uh, when a person is in a difficult situation, 
he does not understand that he can turn to God and wait, but he doesn't want to wait. He begins to look for all possibilities to get out of a situation, but not trusting upon God. Wait, pray and wait. A person who has the patience of Christ is a person who has the unique ability to fulfill God's will, and he is able by pa- using patience to wait for what is come, given from God. An impatient person is a person who has deprived himself of the ability to fulfill God's will, and he has lost the right to what is promised from God. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Revelations 3.11 This word, hold fast, this is patience. You need to wait. It doesn't say directly uh, patience, but it is present. Hold fast means uh, be patient. A person may ask, well, why do why do I need to be patient? Uh, and so I will do what I want. I don't need to be patient. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he saw it diligently with tears. Hebrews 12:14-17. When an impatient person loses, he still is trying to fulfill God's will and say, Lord, Uh, Well, who does this not happen with? I'm a person. You should be understanding of this. You know, when pastors make mistakes, they justify themselves by saying that one who doesn't do anything never makes mistakes, but one who does something will make mistakes. Seventh component of the patience of Christ by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with the legitimate grounds in the form of our living shield to take the hits that are directed at us by our enemies upon himself during the time of various trials is called to test our faith and will remove or eliminate all imperfections upon the path to perfection in the fullness of Christ. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But And so it turns out where patience is produced when our faith is tested. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. James 1, 2 through 4. And so patience allows the work to, to be finished. And so here we see that this is testing or trials that our faith will need to endure. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in whom in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who who 
preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 13 through 17, a person who has the patience of Christ is a person who has the ability to become perfect and into the full measure of growth in Christ. At the same time, an impatient person is a person who is not only uh, not able to be grown into fullness of growth in Christ, but is always degrading, actually. He's always looking for uh, for reasons or excuses to justify himself instead of condemning or judging this and stopping and, and bearing fruit to God. Eighth, component of the patience of Christ by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with legitimate grounds in the form of our living shield to take the hits directed at us by our enemies upon himself, will possess the ability to keep the commandments of God and faith in Jesus Christ. If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his head, or on his hand, let himself, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Uh, Revelations 14, 9 through 12. Having the patience of Christ is a person that collaborates his faith with the faith of God by the means of following God's commandments at the same time an impatient person is a person who forsakes God's commandments and the faith of Jesus Christ for the benefit of his personal flesh we know that worshipping the beast in his image when a person takes uh, the uh, the mark upon himself of his forehead or his hand is a person who meditates about things of the world this is the mark of the beast. When he seeks the commandments of God that would be able to satisfy his worldly desires, he uses them so that he can either earn a lot of money or whatever other things. He finds places of scripture that would support this, that has nothing actually to do with what he's, because everything is temporary here and will be burned. And so in this way, a person worships the image of the beast and the image of the beast we talked about this uh, a lot, and we'll talk about talk about it more later. Ninth component of the patience of Christ by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with legitimate grounds in the form of our living shield to take the hits directed at us by our enemies upon himself, will protect the sovereign rights of its neighbor. You shall not remove your neighbor's landmark, which the men of old have set in your inheritance, which you will inherit in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Deuteronomy 19.14 A person who possesses the patience of Christ is a person that will never try to control somebody else or to take them uh, as slaves and will not be able to uh, and will never use the sword of the word uh, to kill his neighbor. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. There is the patience and the faith of the saints. Revelations 13.10 
At the same time, an impatient person is a person who finds his satisfaction in controlling and condemning not himself but others. And this is why he then condemns himself to eternal death. Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark and all the people shall say Amen. Deuteronomy 27, 17. Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Do not remove the ancient landmark nor enter the fields of the fatherless. Proverbs 22.28 and Proverbs 23.10 The princes of Judah are like those who remove a landmark. I will pour out my wrath on them like water. Hosea 5.10 This is talking about a person who is impatient and an impatient person will always control and this control takes what does not belong to him. Tenth component of the patience of Christ by which we can determine the presence of a righteous heart in ourselves, providing God with legitimate grounds in the form of our living shield to take the hits directed at us by our enemies upon himself, will keep us in in like-mindedness according to the teaching of Jesus Christ. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant to you the like-mindedness toward one another according to Christ Jesus, Romans 15.5. You see, in what way are we able to be like-minded and of one heart? Uh, Patience. God, and so sometimes we don't, as it says, may God of patience and comfort grant you. We sometimes ask the question, why does the Lord, uh, why does the pastor ask us to do this or that? And so the time then runs uh, and the time passes by and the person didn't want to do it because they just complained about it. And uh, it may be too late. Um, If a person uh, may understand later, it's still a good thing and may repent. And so according to this place of scripture, a person who possesses patience, the patience of Christ, is a person who possesses the ability to be uh, like-minded with with those saints that he is with in the teaching of Jesus Christ. At the same time, an impatient person will be forming strongholds of disagreement. He will be patient in the things that God will never be patient in. And this is because it will be fear, hypocrisy, and other reasons. He is patient with the things that you are not to be supposed to be patient with, and he can't be patient uh, with the things that he's supposed to be patient with. At the same time, God's long-suffering has the ability and God's beauty because it is based upon God's wisdom and it has boldness and has self-sacrifice and, you, and the seeking of God's interests. Amen. Let us pray. Let us bend our heads and our knees and pray. May the Lord bless us. And may the Lord, may we thank the Lord for the word that we have heard. The word of patience. That's how we can call it. We have received today the word of the patience of Christ. It shall allow us or help us uh, wait for the Son to come from heaven and keep us from various trials. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, again and again I thank you 
that I have the privilege to be upon this place to worship together with your people upon the place that your hand has appointed to worship your holy name. I thank you that this place connects with us worshiping in spirit and in truth. This is where you want us to do this. This is where you give us the truth in the heart. This is where you reveal the truth in our heart. We thank you for the word of patience that shall allow us to overcome all storms that are in our lives because these storms, these waves of our emotions, our misunderstanding allow us to stand upon all this with the power of your patience so that we can wait that you in your time will fulfill what you have promised. May your mercy be blessed in your patience for your saints. May they grow into full measure in this patience. May they be grown into full measure of growth in Christ so that you can give them the foundation to do the, the, the thing they need to do and clothe themselves. We thank you. May the work of the devil be destroyed in the life of your people. May ignorance be destroyed. We worship before you and we glorify you for everything. Our Lord and God, the Lord, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us proclaim our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.